Your mic is muted. It's not going to be a very fun podcast. There we go. <laughs> Some people would actually think that's an advantage having me muted. You could be the best salesperson on the planet if you can't get in front of a prospect to pitch him. It doesn't matter. It absolutely doesn't matter. You know, so change mostly occurs when the pain is greater than the fear of change itself. And mm -hmm. right now, people are feeling the pain. So the change. So it's very rare people are being proactive. And they don't want to, ask, you know, they don't ask for feedback and they, they don't have any self-awareness like we talked about. And they have no idea they're coming across as an arrogant, you know, whatever. Happiness. My yeah. kids, when we had this whole pandemic, they said, mom and dad, I'm going to make the wall of happiness so that when everybody's depressed or stressed, you come in this room and you look at all these drawings and you just feel happy. Welcome to the messy back end of entrepreneurship. This is Mark Deal of Podcast Editor Academy and Podcast Guest Academy. We all know that the back end is where most businesses fail. This is the podcast about cleaning up the messy back end so you can save time, make money, and succeed. I felt it myself due to people, processes, and platforms. And now here are your hosts, Sheila J. Logan and Nate Tucker. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you all so much. We have a wonderful show for you today. What if instead of focusing on big events, big actions, and big changes, we paid a bit more attention to the smaller, more mundane aspects of life? Maybe we could all start to realize that small actions have a huge impact. The problem with thinking big is that it can have a paralyzing effect. The good news is that those small changes can have a huge impact. Andy Warhol once said, they always say time changes things, but you actually have to change them yourself. On our expert segment today, we're going to be speaking with Brian Olson. Brian spent the last 20 plus years in a variety of industries, including digital media, ad tech, online advertising, e-commerce, EHR healthcare, and finance PEO. He's the co-founder of One Broken Cog Podcast, an avid sports fan, and he enjoys teaching businesses how small adjustments help them succeed. And today you'll hear real questions and stories from real entrepreneurs with real messy backends. As an added bonus for the messy backend exposed, our expert Brian will not only share his experience, expertise, and the tools he suggests to get your backend cleaned up, but he will also expose how the small things will create big change. If you're an entrepreneur with a messy backend and you would like to submit your story or question, for our experts to answer, give us a call at 801-810-6726 or visit us at themessybackend.com. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of The Messy Backend, brought to you by our digital marketing agency, Lock and Load Marketing, where if it tires you out, you can hire it out. We're fast approaching episode 100, so we wanted to take a minute and stop and thank you for being such great listeners. Seriously, we can't do this without you. Thank you so much for listening and supporting us these last two years. We've loved sharing our expert guests, our stories, our experiences, our embarrassing, messy backend bloopers with you. We just loved everything about this podcast. And if you love the show as much as we do, we want to hear from you. Leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. 
or email us at hello at themessybackend.com. Who knows? Soon we may just have cool branded swag to give out to our top fans. That's going to be super cool. And don't forget to subscribe to your favorite podcast platform. You can find all of those links at themessybackend.com slash subscribe. So never miss an episode because they're pretty fun. Then check us out on Facebook and YouTube for video episodes. Now on to our expert, Brian Olson, for his expert advice. Don't mess your seat, folks. Here we go. So today we have a messy backend question submitted by one of our listeners. They said, I have so many big things I want to accomplish, so many things I want to do with my life, but I'm feeling super overwhelmed. How can I create big changes when I'm stuck in the daily tasks? That's a great question. Great question. Again, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. And first and foremost, I knew all too well about messy backhands. I am the father of a two-year-old who is almost three, so she's at the cusp of potty training. And I know, (laughs) Sheila, you've been there, done that, so I cannot wait to rid my house of dirty diapers and wipes. And God, Costco is here. It seems like every week it's ridiculous. So just want to let you know that it's it's great that I'm here on the messy backend podcast. The question is great. It's something is, you know, people are asking this question now more than ever. Have you heard that already? This can't be the first time we've heard this question. There was a great slogan back when I was growing up from Nike. I know you guys are familiar with it. Just do it, right? Mm -hmm. It seems so simple, but, you know, Vince Lombardi, who was a great football coach, he said it best where he said, people don't fail due to a lack of desire. They fail due to a lack of commitment. And what what does commitment entail? It's sacrifice. It's, you know, I remember when I was having kids or contemplating having kids, and it was, well, you know what, maybe I got to wait till I have a house, right? We have a have a house, raise kids in a house or, you know, I want to make sure my job is secure and I make enough money. I want to make sure I'm mature enough. I mean, there's always something in the way of accomplishing something. And somebody told me, they said, Brian, listen, your parents had you at like, well, my mom was like 18, your grandparents probably had them at 16, you know, the cavemen had kids. It's going to be okay, right? It's embracing the failure. It's, it's failing fast and adjusting. And it's being able to, I know people like to use the word pivot, or right? I like to use the word adjusting, but it's, it's, it's okay to fail. You know, the, the best of all time, Michael Jordan has missed so many shots. I mean, Reggie Jackson it led the league in strikeouts. Nobody remembers that. They remember his home run hitting. They remember his pennants. They remember his World Series championships. They don't remember the fact that he struck out more than anybody in the history of baseball. They re- you remember for your wins. So my perspective is if you want to do something, you're going to do it, right? We always, people have their morning coffee. Men have their Saturday at 12 p.m. poker game, right? Women get together, watch Real Housewives. You do what you do because you want to do it and you carve out time. You know, we invest our time in the things that we want to do. So it's all about sacrificing for the greater good. And from my perspective, it is, you know, we have a lot of time sucking activities in our day. You know, there's the must have, there's the nice to have, there's a not so nice to have. What's really getting us to where we want to be. And it's about finding a mentor and guiding us in the right direction, surrounding yourself with great positive support. You know, you show me your friends, I'll show your future. It's about sitting down and actually coming up with an action plan, putting something into play, putting it on paper. This is what I'm going to do. And, and it, it, to me, it's crawl, walk, run in a sense where if, if I took somebody who's 400 pounds right off the couch and said, tomorrow, we're going to run two miles and get you in shape. That person is going to fall on their face midway through. They're never going to want to go out and do that again. So it's crawl, walk, run, incremental gains, depending on that person. It could be, you know, I don't have time for my kids. I spend all day at work and I'm just blown out. So I'm going to take 10 minutes every day 
and read a story, a bedtime story to my children, which could be a big sacrifice for that person, right? Mm -hmm. They do it. They always say three is a magic number, right? After three days, it becomes routine. We become used to it. We start doing it. Now it's like, wow, I can't wait. I'm coming up with new books to read to my kids. I'm excited about doing it. Now maybe I do 20 minutes. Now maybe we write a book together. So it's, it's incremental gain. So my advice to that person or whoever is listening to this, it's all about sacrifice. You know, knowledge without action means nothing. It's an exercise in futility. It's identify what you want to do and make it happen come hell or high water. If you want something, you have to go out there and take it. Man's greatest burden is unfulfilled potential. What do you want to leave on your tombstone? What is your legacy going to say? Could have, should have, would have? We robbed the world of the next great talent. Don't be that person. Take action. Step out of your comfort zone. You're going to learn about yourself. You may make mistakes. Who hasn't made mistakes? Okay. Everybody's made mistakes. You are going to make mistakes. Surround yourself with that support system. Fail fast. Learn quickly. Adapt. Make it happen. Sorry for that long-winded answer, but uh, it inspired me. Yeah, that's, it's a really good, it's a really good answer. I think you got, you know, all the little things in there. And I think we do forget sometimes because we look at that end goal, especially like Nate and I in digital marketing, their, the end goal, you know, is to have this big sales funnel with loads of people coming in and they skip over all the little things that they need to do to get there. But it's all those little tiny actions that help you get to the point where the big things really do happen. I've read a book last year called the compound effect that the one thing that I remember from it, you know, it, it teaches you about all the little tiny things that pile up on each other. The one that I remember because I have a Coke addiction is if you drink one Coke a day. To clarify. To clarify a drinking Coca-Cola. 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 Like the snowman bear during Christmas time. But if yeah. I think of it as a Coke addiction, it actually becomes more of that to me. So, and my daughter really likes telling people, my mom's got a Coke addiction. But <laughs> in the book, he says, you know, if you drink one Coke a day and it costs you a dollar a day, that's $365 a day. If you drink one Coke a day, a that's nine a year. That's 90 grams of sugar, 90 grams of sugar a day. And anyway, he did all the math and he said in a year, it's, I mean, it's like so much. And so every time I would go get a Coke, I would think of those bigger numbers as opposed to this is just one Coke. Right. And so, cause it does, it adds up over the years. So just so y'all know, it's been like almost a week since I've had my last Coke, I think. That is, that is good for an addict. It's a long time for me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for, for, for a coke addict so that's those are baby steps though those are the small you know changes that you have to make you start out small and then you get going um i actually a good example of that is um i don't know if you know this sheila but i actually haven't drinking soda in 2020 i haven't i haven't had a single soda this I year did not know that that's impressive yeah i i used to love so like love dr pepper dr pepper was my yes you know that just that drink is fantastic it's delicious my brother Um, calls it the nectar of the gods oh i (laughs) i still call it the nectar of the gods even though i don't drink it it is delicious but yeah i I just decided i was like you know what i don't need to be putting this stuff in my body um it's tasty but there are far better things uh that i could be putting in there um like taco bell you know pizza hut those type of things so i don't i don't want my listeners getting confused here that i'm some health freak now i just decided to cut out soda and it's it's been very rewarding uh physically but also rewarding financially you know like sheila you said it's like a dollar soda but i go out to eat a lot and sodas at restaurants aren't a dollar it's like three or four dollars 
uh, all you can eat or all you can drink, they'll, they'll keep pouring and refilling. And next thing you know, you have 44 ounces of soda with your steak dinner and you're like, cool, that's really what I need. Yeah. You have to just start small, uh, start with one and, and how I started, it wasn't, my goal wasn't, oh, I'm not going to drink soda for a year. It wasn't like a new year's resolution type of thing. Honestly, it was, uh, Hey, I want to save money when I go out to eat. I'm not going to order a soda. That's how it started did not want to spend three or $4 on a drink. Uh, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to get some fruity drink that has like pineapples and umbrellas in it or something, you know, but that's what it started. And then I started noticing that my cravings started going away or Coke. a lot of it's psychological. I mean, it's, it's, you know, mm-hmm. people say, Hey, I have pizza every Friday with a beer, right? And I can't eat my pizza without a beer. I can't have a, a burger without a Coke. And it becomes a psychological addiction. It's very tough to break that because they connect the two. I know a guy for years where it was coffee and cigarettes, they go hand in hand. So quitting one without the other was almost impossible, you know, because when he's drinking his coffee, he has to have that cigarette. So it's very tough for him to quit. And imagine what that did bread for your confidence you know, thinking to yourself, man, I can't stop drinking this. I love it so much. I'm psychologically addicted. Being able to overcome that, you have the confidence now to probably overcome whatever it is in your life that's, that's holding you back. So again, incremental gains, crawl, walk, run. You've been able to overcome that. Kudos. On to the next one, right? Brian, you have a podcast, One Broken Cog. And I love the story, how you kind of started it. And I think that it goes right into what we're talking about. Because, you know, if you have a cog, right, is like a, a thing that has like different spokes on it and if one of them is broken it it may still work but eventually the other ones will have to give and so it kind of lends into the whole like you know small steps into big actions or big results so can you kind of tell us how you got your podcast started and maybe give us some examples of some stories that you've heard while doing your podcast I know the stories are like the best part of the podcast no, it really is. You know, small adjustments lead to major impacts, you know, and you're talking to the impact player right here. So <laughs> it's uh, it's one of those things where the, the podcast was started. I remember rattling off ideas. I have a really great partner, John, and we riff ideas off each other all of the time. He's East Coast. I'm West Coast. He's a little bit older than I am. And he has a little bit of a different background than me, but, we, but we're both aligned in our vision. And I was at one point, you know, I was talking about a training I had done before we had linked up and it was about the fact that, you know, there was this great company and they were so broken in the middle. And I was telling him, you know, one of Hogan Cog is least, and he's, that's, you got it. That's the title. I'm like, really? It sounds really kind of hokey to me, but uh, he convinced me and I relented and we went with it. But yeah, it really represents sometimes cogs are broken. Sometimes they're needing to be fixed. You know, I have a generator. My wife calls, Hey, the power might go out. We need to maintain it and be proactive because if we don't, it's going to break right when we need it. The problem with companies today is they're very reactive and they're not proactive right but getting back to the podcast we've had really cool guests it was started as a legion tactic for our business we thought we're going to come out here and identify broken cogs that we've run into with our clients and in our own separate lives and talk about our perspective and it's taking a risk because many people could say hey listen i don't agree with these people they're full of garbage and forget it but we were we were very confident that we have a finger on the pulse of what's going on and it really resonated. So we had a lot of people come to us and it was all organic. They said, we want to share our stories. You know, I just had a podcast recording right now with somebody who owns a talent agency and started during the pandemic. And it's very inspirational and it's turned into something different. We started it more business centric and it's morphed into a human centric. It could be any broken cog in your life, in your business, whatever it may be, but we've had great people on the show. Uh, You know, we've had athletes, we've had motivational speakers, we've had business owners, marketing people, uh, you know, single mothers. I mean, you name it. They've been really clamoring to get on the show and it's been such a cool thing. 
And during this pandemic, listen, I myself, I'm not a writer. I've written articles, been published. I'm not a podcaster. I've started a podcast. Uh, I'm not a web designer. I've designed a website. So I'm living proof that if you step out of your comfort zone and you really care and you're passionate and you really want to lock in and do it, it can be done and you can be successful. It will resonate. So yeah, the podcast has been wonderful and uh, I've learned a lot. You know, I've, people have learned from us, but I've learned more from the guests that we've had and we've built some really great relationships and some alliances. I mean, people have told me, Brian, we've closed deals after they've heard the show and we've had people bring us leads saying, Brian, these people can really use your help in sales training and things of that nature. So it's been a very cool process. I'm a little late to the game, but better late than never. Right, Sheila? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were, I guess we're still on the, the beginning cusp of it. Nate and I started in 2018. We started recording our first episode went live on May 6th of 2018. We started recording in March. And um, I think podcasting was just hitting that peak, you know, where people are starting to go, huh, maybe podcasts are a great way to use and a sales funnel. And it's a great way to get, um, you know, build a relationship with people. And so that's kind of similar to Nate and I, you know, like you said, one of us is older. I'm older. I'm, oh, you're uh, the older one. I'm, oh. I'm older. <laughs> oh, <okay>. And <laughs> um, I'm from the South, but, uh, you know, from North Carolina and Nate from Arizona. But I mean, we kind of have that which similar relationship, south. which is also South. But what we are finding very much so in our discussions is that business has a lot to do with your mindset, with how you manage your life, with how you consider all the different aspects of everything and it runs over into your life. Ours is developing really into almost motivational slash business discussions almost every episode. And the first episode that comes out in 2021 is specifically for mental health only. We, we didn't talk about business or anything. It's just 100% mental health. And I think that a lot of people forget that your mental health is another one of those things. It's the little things every day that help you have a stronger bigger mental health, getting up in the morning and doing your exercise and making sure you're eating right. This is one of my biggest problems. Nate eats Taco Bell four or five times a day. I forget to eat <laughs> together. So, you know, that's why we make a good team. <laughs> I'll tell you that new grilled cheese burrito, man, it's killer. I tried that myself and I had to come back for more. It's good. I haven't tried that one yet. Oh. Uh, it's slightly exaggerated the amount of times that I eat. Slight, uh, just a little bit, like maybe slightly, four times I'm... a year. No, <laughs> Taco Bell to be a sponsor. We're shooting for that. Well, I will say this, you know, you guys hit it on the head, you know, when you're building a business, you have to have the right foundation and mindset is, is a key element of that foundation. You know, obviously if you build your business on sand, it's going to sink. It doesn't matter how great, it's like a great meal. I was telling somebody the other day, you know, you can have the best baked potato with melted butter and sour cream. You can have broccoli, you can have fresh baked bread. If the steak is overcooked under season, it doesn't matter. The meal is gone. It's kaput. It's history. Somebody's mm -hmm. going to go and yelp, bury you and you're done. So you really have to build that business on solid rock. And that is mindset is self-awareness. You know, leaders, big weakness is not knowing when to delegate. They want to have their hand in every single pot and they can't give up that control. And it's very, very difficult. So you're right. If, if you have a defeatist mindset, if you don't have a growth mindset, you're doomed to fail. And people around you, you know, you have to lead from the front. It bleeds into your staff and then your culture goes downhill. It's a downward spiral. It's a domino effect. You really have to get that right first and then build on it from there. So I totally agree. It's, I always say, you know, stay humble or be humbled. It's like people have success and a lot of these coaches out there, they want to bask in, in past glories and every business is different. Just like every person is different. It's, you know, when you go to a doctor, I used to use this analogy, you know, it's like, I'm out of shape. I'm, I'm really big. And, you know, I go into the doctor and say, listen, I want to schedule a gastric bypass surgery for next Thursday because I really want to meet a certain weight loss goal. Well, that doctor is not going to tell you, hey, fantastic. We have an opening at 12. 
see you then, you know, it's, we need to look at your BMI. We need to look at your medical history. We need to look at your heart rate. We need to look at your glucose levels, your blood sugar levels, you know, whatever it may be, and then make a proper recommendation based on that person's specific goals and that person's history. And, you know, a lot of people today, it's just read my book and everything will be solved. It's go to my seminar and the world will open up. The stats don't reflect that. Listen, numbers don't lie. People do. And the numbers right now are bad. I mean, the reason we started our business was 80% of companies, you know, they did a study with Zoom Info and uh, DocuSign. They said, listen, with better processes, with better uh, training, with better onboarding, we would be more successful. And we just don't have that right now. We're getting it wrong because we're relying on our own instincts. We're not looking at data. We're not delegating. We're not going out there and seeking professionals and, tr and trusting in them to run their departments. And we're undermining those people. And now because of the pandemic and everybody's kind of slowed down, there's been more strategy than ever before. And people are really collaborating on best practices and helping businesses elevate themselves. And Right now, with businesses, it's the quick and the dead. You know, you have to be able to react, adjust. And if you don't, it's just, you know, it's time for you to go. Small adjustments, major impacts. One of the things I know that you like to really talk about and something that Nate and I really enjoy talking about on the podcast is the um, the systems and processes. And that is another one of those big places where just little adjustments and little tiny things can you know, gets you automated. Um, it can help you save time. It can help you save money. It can help you move quicker. It can help you make smarter decisions. And so one of the things Nate and I often talk about is how do you put those processes in place? And one of the suggestions that we have often said is just start somewhere, take out a piece of paper and write down everything you do today and write down every single step of everything that you do. And so that's one small way you can get your systems in place. Um, I had a client once who contacted me and she, again, she wanted a sales funnel. Most of my clients contact me for sales funnels and I end up flipping their entire business because I'm like, my sales funnel won't work unless your back end is working, right? So we went in and I found out, you know, she had an assistant who was texting 2000 people a day who was manually sending out 3000 emails a week. And they were doing every single thing manually. And so we, we went in, we set them up on a automatic uh, texting app that saved her already 20 hours a week, half, half of the time she was spending. Then we set up their email marketing system. So they weren't manually doing email. All of a sudden her assistant had practically nothing to do. Then we set up their scheduling became a real problem and they were texting back and forth, trying to schedule appointments with people. So we set up a simple Google doc connected to a calendar where people could go to sign up for an appointment if there wasn't an appointment free or if they wanted one sooner, they got on a waiting list, bam. Doing those little tiny things saved about 80 hours a week where now her assistant could do other things that could help them grow. And those are the kind of little tiny things that you can do. Do you have any stories of situations where you've been in or one of your clients has been in where they took those small steps and saw those big results at the end of the day? Um, you know, like not drinking Coke for a year. I, I will try that. Don't try doing it for a year. Try doing it the next time you want to drink. There you go. The next yeah, time day day. that you, you sit down to have dinner and you normally have a Coke, say, okay, I'm going to replace it with a water. Today. And that's, that's, that's the baby idea. steps. Yeah. Don't, don't set the big goal of, oh, I'm going to be Coke free for all of 2021. That's too big of a goal. We can't, we can't consume all of that mentally. But if you go, the next time I have dinner, the next time I want a soda, I'm going to replace it with water. That's just, that's the one baby step. And you can do that. I know you can do that. Sheila. I can do that. And look, just, are you so proud of drinking water today? Not Coke during the recording of yes, the podcast. Yes, I'm already see, 10 steps ahead. There you go. <laughs> one step ahead. 
Hey, you bring up a great point. It's, uh, you know, it's like, hey, I want to run a marathon. I'm not going to go out tomorrow and attempt it because if I do, I'm going to fail. I'm never going to try it again. It's tomorrow. I'm going to run a lap around my block. And then maybe in a week and a half, I can do two laps. And then from there, at some point, you know, certain people can run a marathon. Maybe it takes them a month. Some people take them a year. Hey, I want to lift 300 pounds. You know, I'm going to start at 50 pounds in a month. Maybe I get to 75 and eventually I will get to that 300. But it's those incremental gains and your confidence goes up when you see it. But to answer your question, Sheila, absolutely have some great stories. I mean, in the same vein as you, we were working with a medical company and they would do confirmations for their appointments in their call center. And they would use a cadence of email, voice, email. And we put them on a text platform. You know, most people, they have their phones, they see texts, they respond to texts. Their confirmations went up like, I think it was 36%. Their show rate went up 63%, massive increase. Of course, turning that into dollars, you know, following that in the funnel, it was a huge uh, increase in profit for them. But we see these things happen all the time. Yesterday, we had somebody, we changed one line in an email. It was something very, very quick. We were gonna, of course, bring a full report to that person and go through a list of the changes. Changed one line in an email, it was a 10% booking. I mean, that's not a huge impact, right? It was 10% increase in appointments. We changed the email subject line. It was a 28% increase in appointments. Of course, that leading into dollars down the line. So. I mean, people, we have seen adjustments from, you know, asking open-ended questions, giving options versus a yes or no. We've seen closing increases there. We have seen, uh, you know, presenting different options, ABC, actually asking for the sale. You know, I think for 50% of salespeople don't even ask for the business, right? It's, it's astounding. We covered that on one of our podcasts. So setting yourself to do, and there's a whole reason why they don't do it. So setting yourself properly, giving them the tools, the systems like you talk about. Think about a great record producer, is I'm a huge ACDC fan, big classic rock fan, but the, their producer, what really took them over the top, there was a producer named Mutt Lang. I don't know if you've ever heard of that producer. Uh, he was married to Shania Twain until he screwed that up. But uh, yeah, go figure, right? And you should see the woman that uh, he, he left her for. But uh, <laughs> he came in right when they were recording their album, Back in Black, their biggest album, Back in Black, the number two selling album in the history of music behind Thriller, okay? And the band had demos, right? They bring demos in the studio and they play the demos for the producer. And the producer's job is to provide that feedback, tweak the songs a little bit, right? To reshape it, not to rewrite the songs, but to shape the songs that the band has. So there is a, a song, it's called You Shook Me All Night Long. I'm sure you guys have heard that song. It's all over the mm -hmm. radio, very, very famous. So when the band brought that to Malang, it was kind of a swinging song. She was a fast machine, kept her motor clean, right? And Mutt Lang said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Slow that down, change the rhythm. The guitar riff, she was a fast machine, kept her motor, and they changed small adjustments, huge impact. That was a centerpiece of that album, number two best selling album of all time. We go out to eat, right? We used to go out to eat. And you go out, and after you eat your huge meal, you, of course, you don't want dessert. You say, Give me the check. I want to get out of here before my I burst. They tried something a long time ago, I think it was in the 90s, called the Pavlovian nod. And it was basically telling waitresses or servers, when you ask for, Dessert. Would you like dessert? It was, would you like dessert today? They nod your and they head started saying 42% increase in dessert sales, right? It's just a small adjustment, ma massive impact, right? There's so many examples of these things. I mean, I'm a huge UFC fan, huge UFC fan, love the fights. And Daniel Cormier versus Stipe Miocic's heavyweight championship fight. Stipe is getting his butt kicked for three rounds. His corner tells him, go for the body. Go for the body. He comes in that fourth round. His face looks like hamburger on the brink of defeat. He throws a massive hook to Daniel Cormier's body. Cormier crumples. 
pounces, we have a new heavyweight champion of the world. So it's that outside perspective. Some people, they, they live in it, even myself, even ourselves, right? We're living in it. We need those people to hold us accountable to give us that feedback out of love and respect, you know, and that's what a great coach does is to provide those little tweaks that take the foundation of who they are, the essence of who they are, not to rewrite the song, not to change their entire approach or reroute their entire business, but to provide that awesome direction to making them the champion they should be, right? Yeah. Well, I actually had a client recently had that same situation where he contacted me. Their, their conversion rate was very slow. Um, their open rate was 1.5% on their emails. And wow. I know it's like really small and, but they don't know anything about email marketing. That's not their business. So when my daughter went to work for them, um, she said, mom, I think you could help these guys. And to their credit, because a lot of CEOs don't do that. They listened to the lowest person on their totem pole and they gave me a call. They took me to lunch. I wasn't even looking for a client at the time, but I just fell in love with the guys. I thought they were fantastic. So I went ahead and helped them and we changed their subject line. And we take them up to a 75% open rate just with the subject line. And they were, we also then changed over to where they were getting their email addresses from. So then their conversion went went up too, because the emails they were getting were not their ideal client by converting, you know, to their ideal client, then their sales uh, went up as well. I would recommend to our listeners, go find that one little thing. Um, we have been talking recently about bookkeeping. One little thing you can do for your, uh, to save money right away look where your money's going and find out where it doesn't have to go anymore. You know, pull out, if you've got multiple platforms that do the same thing, adjust that. If you've got platforms you're not even using, but you're holding on to them just in case you might get rid of those too. And you know, that immediately will save you uh, outgoing money. So Brian and I love your podcast. I th- we're super glad to have you on the show. I'm going to be on your show, I think next year sometime. Thank you for coming on the show today. I know that you shared a lot of wonderful wisdom that our audience is going to love. So thank you for that. Let's keep that attitude forward of just making the small changes to accomplish great things. For listening to today's episode of The Messy Backend, we know, we know you can't get enough of us. So have us on your podcast or have us speak at your next event. Visit themessybackend.com slash speaking and send us your event details. It's true. We love speaking. And we also want to thank our sponsor, Yes, Women's Network, where you will find the connections you need to achieve your dreams. Find out more at yeswomensnetwork.com. Also, our advertiser, Podserve FM. We couldn't do it without them. They get your podcast hosted and published quickly and easily. Visit them at podserve.fm slash messy to find out more. And a thank you to our advertiser, Thrivecart. They are the number one shopping cart software that grows your income from existing traffic with high converting checkout pages, upsells, and affiliate campaigns. Watch the video for how simple this cart solution is at themessybackend.com slash cart. Once again, don't miss an episode. Head on over to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe today. That's all we have for today's episode of The Messy Backend. I'm Ella Glasgow, the general contractor of virtual events, founder of Beyond Virtual Events, where we create done-for-you, stress-free virtual events. And I don't know about you, but I'm feeling like my backend is getting clearer with every episode. I can tell you from my experience that keeping a solid eye on our mission to pull up on the greatness in people has been a key to the success of our business. Join us again next week 
as experts share more customized business advice and tips about all the messy stuff that goes on in the back end of entrepreneurship. Remember, you're not alone. Every business has a messy back end that needs a little attention. It's been a pleasure. I'll raise a glass of my water to you guys. Cheers. <laughs> awesome. Water, yes. Cheers. Mine's empty. <laughs> So how do you think it went? This was actually my first podcast of being a guest. I've, o- I've only had my own show, so. Oh, I think you did a great job. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, you you were all right. You know, not, not bad. <laughs> Crawl, <laughs> walk, run, man. I got to start somewhere. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? If, if I didn't think you did well, I would have been like, yeah, you did great. And then we would have kicked you off. Then I'd be like, sure, we're not. <laughs> it's, we're not it's but what were you thinking? Dude, I remember, like, just thinking back of the first times where I was a guest on somebody else's podcast. Oh man, I don't even. Now you should go back and listen to our first episodes when you were my co-host because you didn't know what to do or when to interject. I I never say like three words. To be fair, what Sheila said when she wanted to start a podcast, she said, "Nate, come start a podcast with me. I need you to look pretty." I did not say that. Very first episode, Nate shows up, hair messed up laundry on his bed piled behind him he goes well i thought this was the messy back end <laughs> well there you go hey, you took it literally that's great you told me to show up messy <laughs> so i did and we've, yeah. we've been given advice though by some of the the top tech people in the industry to uh up our backgrounds a bit. Awesome. you know it's great you guys are the best teams are different yet the same if that makes sense you know yep. and you guys have that it's perfect you got you complement each other it's like salt and pepper, man. You know, it's like perfect. It's like peanut butter and jelly or peas and carrots, you know? <laughs> I, I call being the pepper. jelly. I'm the jelly. You're the sweet, okay. and he's the glue that holds it together, right? Yeah. Like the peanut Actually, butter. Actually, she's the glue that holds it together. I am the glue, but I want to be He does all of the editing and all of that stuff, so. Yeah, as long as they're good. You know, I don't, you know, I'm not like a, ooh, you know. Yeah. Then everything's perfect. So, yeah. uh Nate did have a from the hot tub thing going on for a while. Yeah, that was like at the beginning of quarantine. My buddy and I, he's like, he's kind of like, yeah, we start a podcast. And so we started one and the idea is you do it inside of a hot tub. Um, All of the hot tubs that we had planned, like we were going to shoot a different podcast in a different hot tub each episode. (laughs) We had like all these shots planned and like, so then we started recording it. We're like, we're going to do it anyway. And we recorded it from our bathtubs. Uh, but yeah, it's called Hot Tub Lifecast. I mean, we've got like maybe four or five episodes that we recorded from our bathtubs, just separately across the country. And it was, it was really bad. One of the episodes, I think, went on like three hours. Like we were <laughs> chatting about movies. You must have been all pruny after that one. Bye. Okay, bye. Thank <laughs> you.